mindfulness mode. If you are more mindful whilst you're exercising, you're tuning into your body in all the ways that mindfulness kind of allows you or enables you to do. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and mindfulness life coach, Bruce Langford. I'm here with a clinical psychologist, Mindful Tribe. She's a personal trainer. She's a mindfulness teacher. She has over 30 years experience in her private psychology practice. She's run exercise groups. She's taught mindfulness. And she focuses on helping women over the age of 45 to effectively integrate exercise, mindfulness, and self-compassion into daily routines. And she's all about helping women be fit, healthy, and grounded. And that's why her website is fithealthygroundedwomen.com. And I'm with Penelope Lane. Penelope, are you in mindfulness mode today? I certainly am. Yes, yes, Bruce. Hello. Nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you. So great to connect. It's evening for me. It's morning for you because you are in Fremantle, Australia. What a beautiful place to be. Indeed. Yes. Yes. Beginning of summer. Yeah, and it's the beginning of winter here, so we have beautiful snow, beautiful weather, beautiful cold, wonderful weather, and you have beautiful warm weather where you are. Well, Penelope, what does mindfulness mean to you? Everything. So it is having it in my life means that I can not get so tied up with the things, with conditioning, with the things that uh, has haven't has in the past um, been instrumental in defining who I who I who I thought I was so mindfulness has changed that kind of sense of who I am and it's done that because uh, it's integrated kind of into my body mind and heart really and so when thoughts come that are troubling and negative uh, you know as we all say they're just thoughts and I and mindfulness really gives you those those tools and that that um, courage uh, and humour sometimes <laughs> to just kind of say, whoa, I'm not going to listen to you right now. And equally important, but I, mean, I guess the main thing it's done for me is about uh, emotions. So, so pre-mindfulness, when there was an emotion, wow, I would really listen to that and get involved in it and it would really, you know, define me in that moment and probably for the next, you know, few days, weeks, months or so. So that doesn't happen. So, so the emotion is there and there's an experience of it, full stop, and that's it. Penelope, 30 years ago, you had this great idea. I mean, it was such an awesome idea. You decided that it would be so cool to combine meditation sessions with gym sessions. And you thought, wow, this would be really cool. But what happened at the time? Oh, it's a bit sad. Um I uh, well, it's not sad. It was sad and sad and happy. I had two very small children, uh, uh-huh. Toby, uh, who are now thirty-two and thirty-one, because uh, I'm now sixty-two, and they were very small. So uh, to get that launched, uh, once I when I did the business plan and talked to gyms, I actually realised what it meant in 
a practical way. So I made a decision, uh, what I thought was based on, um, you know, being there for my children, which it was 80%, but there was a 20% of looking back of a, what I call a crisis of confidence. To actually do that in the, in the 90s um, would have been a huge undertaking and it would have meant a lot of um, promotion and convincing people that it was a good idea because particularly in Western Australia, we are the most isolated capital city and that has advantages but also has disadvantages. So to, to launch something back then would have been really like um, pulling teeth and I decided I didn't want all my teeth pulled. That makes sense. I wanted to be at home with my kids, yep, yep. And I only remembered, I'd actually forgotten it, which is which is crazy, um, or, apart from doing it myself, of course, until I finished the marathon, or, I beg your pardon, a half marathon um, last year. And um, it came to me in that kind of post-euphoric kind of, oh, my gosh, what have I just done? That's amazing. And I remembered it. And so since then, um, what is it, 18 months on, I've now bringing together it as, as a course and as an online course. Well, that's fascinating that you ran a half marathon. Uh, yeah. So was that your first one? Had you been a runner before? Or tell us about that. Yes. Yeah, so I've been a runner um, for probably 15 years and, uh, and uh, um, a doctor friend of mine who has, had run a number of half marathons. Uh, I kept saying to him on Facebook, how wonderful each year. And, and one year, last year he said, um, I think I think I think it's your turn. I think you should do it. So um, not wanting to uh, look like a um, I don't know that uh, um, a coward or not looking like yeah you know, I thought my my ego kind of puffed up. Oh no, I'm going to do this, and and I did. I tra the training was the worst bit. Um, you know, early uh, lots of early mornings, really really hard hard uh, mileage. Look, it was amazing. I mean, it was just you know it's one of those things that once you've done it. Uh, Wow, it's come, wow, what am I capable of? You know, if I can do that, what am I capable of? Yeah. So, so is that one of the most courageous things you've ever done in your life? Uh, the first thing that came to mind there, Bruce, was having children. <laughs> uh, took a lot of courage. <laughs> yeah, I think that that was for me the most, and still is, you know, I mean, they're independent, but, but gosh, you know, I don't know whether it's this day and age or whatever it is, but it's just, gosh, they just, they're still... It's wonderful, but they still need that, you know, real emotional kind of presence and, you know, connection, and it's and it and it's wonderful, uh, but the courage uh, to to remind oneself uh, if we're talk, talking about mindfulness to remind oneself about being mindfully present with your children when they're making decisions that you know are not really good or okay to have that mindful presence to just kind of listen and be rather than doing a mum thing of advice, yeah, that takes courage. <laughs> it's almost like running a half, half marathon. What have you learned from your children about mindfulness? Uh, patience, acceptance, uh, not being judgmental, um, allowing them to evolve as they are wanting to evolve. But also it, it gives you that strength, um, or my children have given me that strength to continue the practice, which sometimes, as I'm sure you'd appreciate, um, Bruce, is sometimes it, it just happens and other times it's something that you need to kind of really kind of plan and slot in depending on what's happening in your life. 
And so they've taught me that uh, uh, the persistence of that is really, really important. Yeah. So what you did do is you started a private psychology practice. Did that take a lot of courage? And what was that like getting that going and, and making it successful? Well, that's an interesting um, question because at the time that I did, so we're talking about the late 80s, so it was when my son was um, one or two, I specialised in an area which was sexual therapy. Uh, I don't, I'm not in that area anymore, but so it was my first uh, practice and first clients were in that area. So, so general kind of sexual dysfunction, uh, males and females and couples, obviously. And uh, there was only one other lady at the time in Perth who was who was doing similar, and her clientele were um, homosexual population. So I was uh, targeting a very different population, and I was very busy, um, and I didn't actually have to do very much marketing. I didn't need to do the normal networking. I just kind of um, advertised in local papers, and which was local papers papers back then pre pre the internet. I think it was just starting then, but. Um, so it kind of just kind of kicked off uh, and then mindfulness came into the equation when I went to have my um, own therapy and I was kind of lucky enough or fortunate enough to find a therapist who uh, was heavily into meditation um, and he was um, 30 years older than me. He's now in his 90s and, and still going and he, he gave me a handout um, which I didn't have in my uh, university training and it was a very basic handout and basically what it was saying was the essence of just watching your emotions when you have an emotion just watch it and allow it to have its own journey through you in a sense and and move out into the ether where where it really wants to go it doesn't want to hang around inside you it wants to go off into the ether and so that was mind-blowing because having a very traditional clinical psychology um, master's degree was very much about cognitive behavioral therapy and, and in those times catharsis and and all about kind of in a way kind of squashing and trying to control emotion so this tiny little handout with a few paragraphs changed well, one of the things that's changed my life because within there it was about and mindfulness can help you learn to change that relationship with emotion in the way that it was describing yeah and so from there he kind of continue to help me with that and you know it's one thing to read read something but then the mind will come in about excuses and and how hard this is and I can't do this and I should be really feeling this and doing something about this uh, so so my therapist helped me uh, evolve with that yeah and so now you have something called the fit tone flex system can you tell us about that Okay, so the Fit Tone uh, Flex system is like the flagship program of my business name or my business, which is Fit Healthy Grounded Women. And it's a 12-week online course, and it's online due to the nature of what we're all going through at the moment uh, with no kind of end in sight, really. So it's an online course, and it involves um, some video um, education about... Uh, about exercise and about mindfulness and about self-compassion and also uh, some videos and uh, audio platforms to help women, those that have ex haven't exercised before, those that have an exercise program and establish an exercise program and to bring in mindfulness and self-compassion to the actual experience of exercise. 
And the reason that I'm doing that is that if you are more mindful whilst you're exercising, you're tuning into your body in all the ways that mindfulness kind of allows you or enables you to do. So you're noticing your muscles, you're noticing where that proprioception, you're noticing where your body is in space and time. And so what that does, it kind of, it just enhances the overall experience. It deals with those distractions. I'm, I don't like this, this isn't working, this is too hard. It deals with those thought distractions. It allows you to have more kind of motivation because you're fully engaged with the process and um, and, 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 and enjoyment and satisfaction. And it helps reduce uh, um, injuries and also soreness. And then on top of that, the self-compassion. So that's all about treating yourself well whilst you're exercising and whilst you're living your life. So any kind of doubts, any comparing oneself to others, which is a, which is a huge thing in motivation for exercise. My program helps the women change the language around what they're saying to themselves. So rather than treating themselves as a, an enemy almost sometimes, they enjoy this capacity to treat themselves like a good friend. So, so in this program, you would see videos. Do people who sign up also get to talk to you? Are there also sessions where you're actually connecting like on Zoom or something? Yes, that's correct. Yes, that, uh, uh, thank you for asking that because that's really, really important. So there's uh, three uh, hour one-on-one um, -on -one sessions with me via Zoom. And that's at the beginning of the session, in the middle of the session, and then at the end. There's also a weekly uh, question and answer uh, to our um, question and answer. So that's in a group kind of situation with, with me on Zoom. And we also have a, a private Facebook group. And uh, so we're launching that uh, today, really. And that's uh, for women to connect with me and also to connect with other women. So if there's any questions um, ongoing, uh, then they can connect with me and, and the other women in the group. Yeah. Right. And I would assume that Facebook group is for people that have signed up for the course. Is that right? So it's kind of making it exclusive and private, which is important because if sure. you're going to share, you know, um, which which sometimes very personal things about how you're going with this particular with a program like this, it's really important that you've just got people in there that that, that understand and can offer support. Yeah, that are going to be helpful. Yeah. 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 So Penelope, what makes your course different and so much better than some of the other courses that are out there? The main difference, uh, as I can see, is that it's the, the, the like a trilogy of, of, of techniques, of tools, that the exercise, mindfulness and self-compassion. So there is a plethora of courses in each of those three modalities already. And there are some courses where people can do exercise and well, it's called med meditation, but it's not brought together. So for example, some of the courses are do this exercise routine and then they're given a link to an external course or an external person who teaches meditation so that there isn't a sense of bringing it together whilst you're exercising. So, so whilst you're exercising, um, uh, they bring in mindfulness rather than going away and then doing a meditation or a mindfulness practice afterwards. How it comes together, I've got a, um, I call it the BMH, Body, Mind, Heart Formula. And what that is, it's, it's, it's the culmination of my 32 years of experience. 
as a psychologist, mindfulness teacher and a personal trainer, but also my my experience, because um, I've been overweight and unfit and, and all that kind of stuff in my 30s. So so uh, all of that experience is brought together in, in what I think is this amazing you know, 30-minute audio, and there's, I think, 12 or 24 of those. There's 24 of those during the 12-week program. And it's kind of like bringing together the mindfulness and self-compassion whilst whilst the ladies are exercising. So it's the way that it all kind of comes together. So I kind of, is it, it's talking. I talk them through how they can bring the mindfulness into the experience of exercise and how they can bring the self-compassion. So it's not just all about learning it in a theoretical way. The BMH uh, formula audio brings that together for them in a practical way. Hey, Bruce here. I'm interrupting briefly, Mindful Tribe. I'm talking to you. If you've been trying to lose weight or quit smoking, maybe you've just worked and worked and worked on it. Maybe you're feeling it's hopeless and you're discouraged. Well, you might have even tried so many times to make these changes that you're just feeling defeated. Well, I am now trained and qualified in hypnosis and I use mindfulness combined with hypnosis to help you reach your goal. I'm starting a beta test program and the first three people to email me will have the opportunity to participate in this beta program and you'll not only reach your goals, but you'll get one-on-one help from me for 50% off. I've lost 35 pounds myself since January with the help of hypnosis, and it feels like a miracle. I can barely believe how much my thinking has changed. And this is why I'm so passionate about it, because it's made a huge difference for me. And if hypnosis has worked so well for me, it can work for you too. Sign up for the beta test, get 50% off the price of the program, and a guarantee to go with it. So email me, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com, and we'll get on a free 45-minute call to answer all your questions. Just put beta test in the subject line, and I look forward to talking to you. And now, back to the show. Well, talk about amazing. You said the word amazing, but I also know that it's amazing to me that you ran a half marathon just not even two years ago. So after you were in your 60s, you ran a half marathon. Tell us about that. How how did that go for you? And what made you decide to do it? That is intriguing. I mean, the main reason is that it was something that I've always wanted to do. Well, I've always wanted to run a marathon. A doctor friend of mine said he, he had done it. It was a HBF fun run. It's a HBF is a private um, medical insurer here and each year they run well, apart from this year they didn't of course but each year they run this half marathon and he's done it for a number of years and we were talking and I was just congratulating him via Facebook how wonderful it is and and then he just said to me I think you should do it <laughs> what about all this encouragement how about I encourage you and you get out there and do it so I thought great I will good for you so I did yep yeah. How long did it take you to practice for this, to prepare for it? Uh, so three months. Yeah. So three months and each morning uh, doing some uh, tra- training. And then, but I hadn't actually ever run the, I think it's 22 kilometers. I hadn't hadn't run the 22 kilometers until the actual morning. I had got as far as 15. Uh, so I can, as you can imagine, the last four kilometers was a grind. 
<laughs> but what kept me going was that there's um there's three there's a five five k twelve k and a twenty two k. So the twelve kers um, started after us, but they actually caught up with us obviously towards the end, and they were wonderful. They could see that I was doing the half marathon, and they could see that I had grey hair and all the rest. I was struggling, and they were wonderful. They just said, "Come on, come on, you can do it, you can do it." And, you know, as they say in the classics, they got me over the, the finish line. Well, no, I got myself over the finish line, but they helped. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's always great to be inspired by other people. That's for sure. Yeah. So tell us about your day-to-day -day routine now. What does it look like? Do you still run in the mornings? What do you do when you get up? So I get up very early. Uh, I get up at 3.30, believe it or not. Uh, I go to bed at 7.30 or 8. And I go for a jog on a, about four mornings uh, and then come home and have some coffee and then meditate, do my mindfulness practice. And then I get on with the day. So that might be around 6 o'clock. So I get on with the day, what uh, you know, emails and all that kind of stuff, and then deciding what I need to do for the course that day. Um, and then I've got... Uh, uh, a very small gym set up at home um, because resistance training, so strength training, and particularly as you get older, um, is really, really important. It's important for all of us, but particularly so for us oldies. So I do a resistance training program of about half an hour twice a week. Well, you've you've worked with people for a long time. You've helped people with exercise, with your personal training and mindfulness. Can you tell us a story about someone you've helped and you've made a big difference in their uh, experience in life? Uh, I can actually talk about my sister um, because she she's someone who uh, poo pooed. Oh, I can say that word. Um, she undervalued mindfulness and understood that it had been beneficial for me, uh, but she's not, she said, well, um, so would say something like, it's not for me. When I decided to do the course, uh, I did actually set up a gym and uh, it opened the week that we locked down. So locked down with COVID. So as you can imagine, it hasn't actually taken off. So I decided anyway to run a group because I wanted to um, experience it in a group format because uh, I had only run, run it individually before. And so she volunteered and my sister said after the, uh, we, it was a six week program and she commented that it had been one of the most valuable things in her life. Wow. She honestly, she said, I honestly didn't think that it would help me. Um, she has chronic anxiety. And um, so she said, even though she has the experience of anxiety, she's now able to call it the anxiety. And now we know what that means, but for her, that was a huge um, change. So it wasn't my anxiety, it wasn't my mental health um, problems, it was the experience of the anxiety. And for her to say that said to me that she really understood that she had changed the relationship with the experience of those things. And also uh, integrating the mindfulness and self-compassion into her exercise, which is walking her dog, um, when she noticed negative thoughts about, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to go home now or start negative thoughts about um, herself or her children or life or whatever, she was able to kind of just say, oh, that's just a thought. She, I'm going to let that go. And the same with emotions. So um, with self-compassion, uh, of course, there was a lot of negative talk there, which often goes hand in hand with anxiety. And she was able to um, you know, kind of nip that in the bud and, and say something kind in, 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 instead and offer herself a supportive touch, which is part of the self-compassion. Do you live near the ocean? 
I'm wondering if water plays a role in your mindfulness. Uh, it does. Uh, I take my dog for a walk uh, every day down to the beach, and we have a dog. We have a dog dog beach. I assume you have dog beaches, um, and they're they're a wonderful invention. So we go down, and um, she's a small dog, so we don't go for a huge long walk, and she's a bit intimidated by the the bigger dogs. Um, but we just do a little bit of a um, runny kind of walky thing along the sand and uh, go back up. We, I can just we just walk home, so I don't need to get in the car, which is fantastic. And does she like to swim? No. It sounds like you have a lot of fun when you go down to the beach. Yes, the beach is a wonderful place. Um, and I feel very blessed that each day I can go down to the beach with my dog and I can watch other people with their dogs. And um, the, the sounds, uh, you know, the feeling of the sand um, in your feet, uh, the, the sense of presence in case you stand on someone else's dog's business. Um, so there's lots, lots of opportunities to be mindful. <laughs> yeah, I guess there must be. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I always ask a question about bullying. Do you have a story that you can share with us about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference? Uh, yes, I have a personal story and also my son was bullied significantly at uh, primary school. Is there a particular one that you have a preference for me uh, sharing? Whichever one feels right for you to share at this point. Uh, I'll share my own uh, story. Uh, so I was bullied in uh, primary school. Uh, I mentioned before that I was fat and I was um, fat and I had pimples. And my surname uh, back then was Boyle. So it was Penny Boyle. And so as you can imagine, my, the teasing was around being fat and also about having boils. So, um, sorry, having pimples. So I was, I was called uh, Boyle Face, you know, fat boil, you know, horrible, horrible. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know whether that was the cause of it, but I then a few years later developed anorexia, which is a very, very common pattern. I was very shy, very, um, believe it or not, very shy and very with, um, withdrawn back then. And uh, that's another thing mindfulness has done. It's um, really helped my self-confidence. And if I, think, if I had mindfulness then, I was aware back then of what we call the observer. I knew then that, that, that uh, there, was, there was an essence part of me that was observing what I was doing, but I didn't know what, I didn't know what to do with that. I just knew that that was there. But if I could kind of, if I knew what I had experienced um, all over the years and had it encapsulated and brought it back to that time, I'd imagine that I wouldn't have developed anorexia in the sense that I would have been able to control um, my my not control but relate to my emotions and thoughts in a different way rather than using the um, repression of food um, to con have that control over life and have that emotional control I think the mindfulness would have helped greatly and it would have helped my self-esteem too it would have given me a sense that um, about who I actually am as the observer as the witness and and not be so engaged in the bullying not being so engaged in how I felt in my body because of the bullying yeah Penelope if you wrote a book what would the central theme of that book be the first thing that comes to mind is the importance of learning to value yourself, the importance of learning to like yourself as a good friend. Yep. 
because it's it it underpins that that relationship we have with ourselves it underpins so much of how we relate to ourselves and how we relate to other people it's 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 so crucial and unfortunately um in uh, the way of our conditioning and i, I think it i think it's changing but that certainly given that i'm in my 60s um i didn't we didn't have that experience of valuing ourselves it wasn't something that was valued it was showing off or it was being self-centered or self-pitying or too much self-focused um, it was all about being there for others and um, i think that's had a huge detrimental effect on women and 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 men so an answer to your question bruce it would be valuing yourself yep do you think being grounded helps to uh, kind of make you feel valued as well? So grounded is uh, kind of an encapsulating word that takes in mindfulness and takes in self-compassion. So when I when I conceived of the word grounded in my endeavours towards helping women become uh fit, healthy and grounded. Um, grounded seemed to be kind of the, the word that, that had the essence of that. So it's being grounded in mental, you know, clarity and calm and being grounded in, wow, here I am in this moment and I am okay in this moment. It, that's what it kind of, kind of feels to me and sounds right. to me. Yep. I know you work mostly with women over 45. Have you ever worked with men? Oh, I love work, working with men, yeah. um, and and uh, I, I guess it's you know to, to be honest, it's a marketing thing really because I haven't actually had many men in the past interested in coming along um, to the private sessions that I used to, to run with with a with the course kind of like as it is now. Um, so uh, d I decided to with um, consultation from my teachers to uh to to promote the course or to, to attract women and then just kind of see how that goes yeah yeah i mean it can it can morph um to be uh available for for everybody really yep right right well penelope as we move forward in the interview i want to ask you five quick answer questions so just 30 second answers are perfect the first one is this who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life Okay, so that would be the therapist that I mentioned, Indivar. Ah, okay. And number two, you've talked about this a, a bit already, but tell us about your emotions and mindfulness and how you've changed in how you deal with your emotions. So now when I feel something, I, I name it. Uh, so there's um, anxiety or there's sadness, uh, there's anger. And uh, there's kind of like a buffering thing, not a bad internet buffering thing, like a buffer, uh, a boundary almost. Mm -hmm. It's created a veil and it's there, but I'm not engaged in it. Yep. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Uh, so breathing is my anchor. So breathing is my, the, the mindful uh, process that I pay, pay attention to. And uh, whilst I'm out and about in my life, I notice that I'm, I'm up in my head and there's lots of thoughts. I, um, I also notice that I'm holding my breath usually. And so then you, uh, use the, a, a deep breath to bring myself back grounded to the, to the, to the present moment. Yeah. Beautiful. And are there any books you could recommend that are related to mindfulness? Uh, well, it's the last one that I read I found really helpful. Uh, let me, uh, Caroline Welch, um, The Gift of Presence. 
uh, I think she's the partner of Daniel Siegel and they run the Minds, is it the Mind Sight Institute. Um, so the gift of presence, uh, it was out early this year and it's uh, um, mindfulness practices for women. Um, so her focus again is for women. And she talks about, it's a bit like kind of modernizing the eight, eight pillars of mindfulness practice. So she talks about uh, presence, um, pivoting, which is being able to uh, deal with change. Uh, what's the other one? Um, pacing, so having that kind of sense of life as a journey rather than a destin uh, destination, and and purpose. So so having values and purpose, and that's a very big part of the course that I run is is helping women understand why they're doing things, not to lose weight or. It's about, um, although that, that's something that they would like to achieve, but if that's the only focus, it's not going to work very well. But if you can tap into your purpose, your sense of value, why it's important to be healthy, then um, success is much um, more forthcoming. Yeah. Last question. Can you share an app which can help with mindfulness? Headspace. Headspace. Yeah, yep. that's a great app. Yeah. I started with my therapist. And um, but when when Andy launched that, I think 2004 and five it was. Um, I've listened to it ever since. Yep, yep. And I, I, I occasionally kind of dip into it because he's he's morph morphing it as we as we speak. Um, and I just think it's wonderful. And I and I recommend it to my clients as well. I saw you in a video on YouTube, and I thought you just had great presence on that YouTube video. And then I learned that you had hesitated from making videos because you were kind of nervous about appearing in front of the camera. I think you should make more videos. Have you ever thought of that? Well, yeah, I'm doing that right now. Well, you are, yeah. But for my course as well. So because um, uh, it's an online course, there's lots of, lots of me on video, I'm sorry to say. Don't be sorry to say. I think you're very good in front of the camera. That's very, very kind. Well, that's because of mindfulness. I'm sure it is. I wouldn't have even thought about doing this even five years, oh gosh, even two years ago. Me in front of the camera, whereas now I actually quite enjoy, I actually quite enjoy it. It's a great um, modality or great medium, I think the word is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think people that sign up for your course are very fortunate because you've got a great way of connecting with people. And you connected with me by sending me a, a message on email. And then I checked out online and I saw you on a video. And I thought, wow, this lady does have a great way of connecting. And I'm sure you do that on your flagship program, the Fit Tone Flex System. And, of course, it's at Fit healthygroundedwomen.com and I just want to ask you as we wrap up do you have any final words of advice for people just wanting to be more grounded and you know they're just looking around for thoughts and ideas well the first thing that came to mind uh, is when when you're when you're moving around so when you're physically going through your world there's lots of opportunities to to, to be mindful of, of the experience of moving. So that I'm not talking necessarily about exercise here, but just moving, walking. So when you're walking, there's so much that's happening kind of inside you and around you. And so many opportunities to uh, bring this kind of sense of, how do I know I'm walking? How do I know I'm running? What's happening in my body? What's happening 
um, outside my body. So it gives me this sense that I'm moving through time and space. Yep. Asking that question, how do I know that I'm in this moment? Yeah. Well, thank you for your advice. Thank you for being on Mindfulness Mode and have a terrific rest of your day, Penelope. That's lovely. Thank you so much, Bruce. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye now. Bye. See you. Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening, for subscribing and for reviewing the show and for telling your friends about Mindfulness Mode. Thanks also to Erica Flint's Cascade Hypnosis Center for being our valued sponsor. Erica is a terrific teacher of hypnosis and I know that because I am a graduate of her program. Now if you're a healer, a coach, a therapist, a counselor, or just someone who loves helping people, you might want to consider the powerful results that can be achieved with hypnosis. You can learn how to do it. Contact the team over at CascadeHypnosisCenter.com and take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.